Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Buff Nation! Let's go! Big one. Big, Big one, one today. Let's go. We got him in studio, Mr. Adam Monster Tiger. This is DMBR Buffs Primetime presented by Illegal Pete's. Check out any of their 10 Colorado locations for happy hour, 3 to 6 p.m. every single day. Jake RK here. And our guy, Adam Monster Tiger, sitting right between us. Adam, great to have you, man. Thank you so much for coming on. I can't believe it took for this long for me to get down here. I've known Ryan. You started covering Colorado during the Embry era, right? Yes, I believe 2012 would have been. Okay. Yep. And Jake, you've been on the beat for a couple of years. It's been great having yeah, you around. <laughs> and so it's good to get down here and see the DNVR bar finally. I have to say, so it's funny that like podcasting is basically my day-to-day now because when Adam was, I, I, I would be patting myself on the back too much to say recruiting me, but when Adam offered me a job, um, you know, one of the big things for me is like, oh man, they do this thing called Buff Stampede Radio. And it was like, it was live, which was kind of like, wasn't there a way to listen live back then? Blog talk radio. Yeah, blog talk radio. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And so I was like, man, that's so cool. Like, that's my dream to just be able to like talk sports. Like, and so, you know, Adam, basically, I was working at this, I don't even know what to call it, a. a Blo- a, a rundown Buffs blog and Adam was like hey man like I'd love to have you come over here and um, you know I, I, I feel like you know you have some talent or whatever and um, I, I'd love to kind of help you grow and I needed it for sure because I was just like a chicken with my head cut off like I rolled into the press box the first game with a Buffs shirt on <laughs> Adam was like hey like this is probably not the best idea <laughs> like you know and so Adam really took me under his wing and it was awesome but doing those like blog talk radio Buff Stampede yeah. radio shows were like a dream for me at the time so it's pretty cool kind of coming full circle now it's funny back when I was a bachelor we would do some of those podcasts just in my kitchen yep yep and I just have a recorder down on the table wasn't fancy like this and uh you know, living the bachelor life, your fridge can sometimes <laughs> lack a little bit. Uh-huh. And I'll, I'll never forget you one time going into my refrigerator, and literally the only thing I had in there is Munster cheese, and of course I'm Munster <laughs> Tiger. And just hearing Brian's laughter from my kitchen, oh that's, my that, that's a that's a way back memory. That, that that's a good one. That's awesome. Also, Adam, um, I feel like your outfit is pointed at us because we had Rob J on the show. Yep. And he came dressed dapper, just like you are now, and we got crushed for it on your board. <laughs> so I feel like you're, try- you're trying to get us crushed on your board again. 
I just want to be 20% of Rob J. Now, he, he had the tie-on. Nobody died, so I'm not putting a tie-on. That, that's what it takes for me <laughs> to put the on rules. a tie. But, uh, no, this is a special occasion to come down here. And so uh, I thought about maybe throwing a hoodie on, maybe a, a shade towards that, that post on our message board. But, no, you guys do a great job, and, and you wear whatever you want to. Well, I'm thankful that I have a collar on. Maybe they'll give me a break today. I guess I've got the short end of the stick. Yeah, yeah, they're going to crush you, dude. But their feet is all over your ass. Yeah, with the hat on today, too, yeah, you know yeah. the comments are going to be The disrespect crazy. for Adam, man. How uh, could you do that? I know. My apologies, Adam. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm excited to have you here, man. We talk about your stuff a lot. We, of course, cover recruiting. So it's nice to have your voice here. We'll talk recruiting. But we all got to see practice today. And, man, it was uh, – I had a lot of fun. I hope you guys did, too. We'll start with yeah. you, Adam. Your biggest takeaway from today's practice. Well, the first thing is you try to, when you leave that, pump the brakes a little bit. Okay, this is one practice. They weren't tackling to the ground. This is not a final analysis of anything. Uh, the eyeball test is what you do a lot in situations like this. And one of the first players to walk by me was Savion Washington. Oh, my God. And it's like, I didn't know human beings were this big. You know? <laughs> I'm 6'3", 215, and he made me feel, feel like an ant. He really did. Tank, it was great to see him running first team left tackle because I, I think those of us that covered 1-11 yep. want to write those stories of guys that stuck in there. They heard that initial meeting with Coach Prime that, that said, hey, go hit the portal, and they stepped up to that challenge, and they're going to have a role on this program going forward. And I think Jared Christian Lichtenhan is one of the guys that's going to be able to have that. Now, he's the tallest person in program history, and he used to just stand out. And now you look at that old line group, and oh, yeah. Jack Wilty and Tyler Brown are not as tall, but, man, those are some thick mm -hmm. offensive linemen. Van Wells looks like he's put on a little weight since last year. That is a really good-looking offensive line group just from, you know, a, a practice where they didn't tackle to the ground just on the hoof. I was impressed with that group. Yeah, for sure. Savion Washington for me too, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. when he looked, like walked right in front of us, I was just like, I remember like reading the measurements going, oh, this guy's big. But you're, to your point, it was just like, wow, this guy is like different compared to everyone well, else. And they've got the halo caps on their helmets, right. which gives them like another two inches. So it was just like, this guy's seven feet tall. Like I was like, I want to see him hooping at the wreck with Travis Hunter. Like those two could do some damage. Yeah. Ryan, your biggest takeaway. You know, it's funny because I agree with you on the offensive line passing the eye test, um, but it's clear, you know, the offense is at a disadvantage because of how early it is for them. You know, they're, they're, they're in day three of a brand new offense. And the other side of that is that the defense looked really, like, aggressive and they were flying around today. Uh, and the person who stuck out to me the most was Cam Silman Craig. Like, he is very clearly a vocal player you know he's yelling at Shador he's probably like you know those Jackson guys are probably the only ones who feel comfortable doing that at this point um, but he's yelling he's flying around he had an interception like just he was all over the place and they even had him playing like a little single high at certain times where I was just like oh like you know he is he he, he seems like he's gonna factor in big for this defense and he kind of uh, we've been saying the, all along he's a dog and you saw that today yeah for me, it's the, the team speed. The team looks faster, and then just watching Dylan Edwards. I mean, as soon as that guy gets the ball in the backfield, it is it is just blurs, man. You yeah. can't even really see him. It's crazy. I mean, we don't, they don't have the numbers, so everyone looks the yeah. same. But he you knew when Dylan Edwards got the ball, 
behind the line of scrimmage because he was just faster than everyone. Uh, yeah. Deion Smith got some run. It was good to see that too. Jimmy Horn, that speed was pretty evident also. Uh, the team is a lot different than it was last year. It's really cool. Well, it's funny. When they were running routes, Travis Hunter and Jimmy Horn, you just knew based on the burst that they showed off the line of scrimmage, if it was one of those two guys, they just are different than every other athlete on offense. Dylan Edwards, I mean, you look up uh, jitterbug in, yep. in the dictionary. That, that's what you see because he has got that frame. And, uh, yeah, it's funny. The, the guys that I could pick out were the guys that I, are returning guys. You know their right. mannerisms over yeah. time. And so a lot of these new guys, it was a really hard time picking them out more than a regular practice if they had their numbers. But offensively, Jimmy Horn, Travis Hunter and Dylan Edwards are just on a, a different plane in terms of their athleticism, for sure. Yeah. I will say, I am begging these players to earn their numbers soon. Yes, yes. <laughs> please, yes. please have great practices and earn your numbers so we can know who you are. Uh, a lot of the other guys from the team last year stood out, too. Montana was running with the ones. We saw Trevor Woods in there quite a bit. Van Wells, that you mentioned, Adam. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of guys, not a lot, maybe there's a handful of guys, though, from last year. They're still going to play a massive role on this team. It's what you and I have been saying, Ryan, going back to when Coach Prime was hired, like, don't count a lot of these guys out. There are some still, there's still some legit ball players on this football team. I had to laugh uh, at one moment with Sal Sanceri, who has already like built a reputation with the fans because of some of the videos that come out and the way he acts, and he had the most vintage moment for what uh, what we've been seeing for him. So. I wish I could tell you who it was, but they don't have numbers, so I don't know who it was. One of the defensive uh, linemen had a fantastic rush on Drew Carter and got him all the way to the back of the end zone to the point where Drew Carter was just trying to throw it away, and actually it slipped out of his hand and went for a safety. And I was like, man, what a great rush. Well, the ball is out of the back of the end zone, and Sal Sanceri just comes flying down, screaming at the defensive player, pick up the damn ball, get on the ball. And I was just like, it's so perfect. He had a great rush. He forced the safety. And Sincere's yelling at him. <laughs> it's uh, I think it was Aubrey Smith, actually, the linebacker that made the play You're right, there. you're right. Um, but, yeah, the defense really took it to the offense today. Guys are making plays. Uh, Jalen Sami is making plays. Taylor Upshaw is making plays. You already pointed out Cam Silman Craig. Um, it, was a, it was a rough day for the offense. They got going a bit later on. But I think you and I were talking about this, Ryan. It seemed like we finally started to see Sean Lewis's offense being played on the field. And there's still definitely some wrinkles that need to be ironed out uh, as they work through these spring practices. But just the urgency that those guys practice with is much different, obviously, yes. than what we've seen in the past with the offense. I mean, they're getting back up to the line much quicker than they were before. For sure. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I will uh, say, go ahead. The, the last play for the first team offensive practice, uh, kind of a, you know, a pearl of the day was uh, Shador Sanders to Travis Hunter, touchdown. Yep. Yep. Uh, Kind of one of those things that we're all waiting for out there, and it happens on the last play. And then, of course, uh, you've got Coach Prime calls out the extra point unit, and he's literally standing behind Mata just saying, oh, miss, yes. miss, 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 miss. Mata nails it, and he just goes, you don't miss. <laughs> <laughs> it was great to see. Uh, we talked to Sean Lewis and Shane Cox after the practice. Uh, Sean Lewis, I mean, spitting knowledge. He, you could tell he talks quick, man. He does. I don't think he does anything in his life slow. He's just always on the gas, you know, zero to sixty constantly. In that um, case, you might need to hit up Roman. <laughs> there you go. Don't get the chat going right now <laughs> this early. Um, but it was interesting to see where he where he thinks this team is in terms of picking up the offense. Only in practice three, 
uh, mentioned that it's still kind of being you know a little slow. I asked him the question, other than the quarterback, what uh, position is this offense the most demanding on? I thought it was interesting. He said wide receiver. And you and I were kind of talking about that, Ryan, how you know you have guys like Jimmy Horn in the slot, Travis, who you know still needs to put on size. But when you're running all these screens, like it's very demanding on these guys, not only just mentally but physically too. They, they are doing work. They have to block downfield. And also they have to have the intelligence to know, based on the coverage, which routes to run. Mm -hmm. You know, Sean Lewis, he's credited Dino Babers for his yep. scheme there. It's, it's got a, it feels like it's got a twinge of the Mike Leach offense as well, which Brett Bartoloni, yes. who comes over from Jackson State, uh, is from Washington, went to college at Washington State. It feels like there's components of that in there, whereas it's a very quick, and it, at times simple once you figure out the nuances of it, like in Washington State, not comparing uh, maybe an apples to oranges comparison, but at Washington State, they didn't have a ton of plays, right. but there were so many different variations off those plays. And so the receivers have to be on the same page. And that was one thing that, that kind of stood out today too, was that it feels like everybody else has to kind of get on the same page as Shador. Because there was times he yep. put the ball exactly yeah. where it needed to be, but he's still kind of building that chemistry with guys. I think Shadour Sanders, as his father, Coach Prime, said, is such a smart quarterback. I, oh. I think he's picked up this offense quicker than a lot of other oh, yeah. guys, and so they've got to kind of catch up with him in that sense. Yep, for sure. A hundred percent. And it's something that is going to be a weapon for the Buffs, is just how smart he is. And that's why I asked Sean Lewis, I said, you know, it's ball placement and it's understanding the game that I feel like are his two greatest assets. I think those are the two most important things to the to the Sean Lewis offense so uh, it, it's fun to watch Shador and I think those receivers are gonna know I better learn this because that's how I'm gonna get the ball and I think Shador will be really hands-on with them in terms of helping them come along and helping them know where to go um, because you're right this offense essentially is reactionary to what the defense shows them it's like, you're, you, you know, you're going to line up off? Okay, we're just going to throw it to Jimmy Horn on a little bubble, and someone's going to block for him. Um, but speaking of blocking for him, I wrote down in my notes today, I, I know a new reason why they've been going after big receivers. Yes. And we thought a lot of, oh, you know, they want a big possession, red zone target type. you got to block. Like, those yeah. guys are going to need to block. So as much as it's great to have Jimmy Horn and Travis Hunter lined up on the same, on the same side, I'd love to see... Jimmy Horn and Shane Hooks lined up over there, and then you've got a 6-5 frame, so when Jimmy, you know, swings out for that bubble, you've got someone of that size to just go out there and clear away where it's, you know, him versus, it's one-on-one, -on -one, he makes a move, and he's gone. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, you drafted Shane Cokes in the My Guy draft. What did you think of him, first impression? Dude. Ivy League is what, what I thought when he, <laughs> when he started talking. I mean, that is an intelligent yeah. young man. Um, really, I just loved his vibes, like, seemed really happy to be here um, seemed like you know he's really embracing this challenge uh, of going from the Ivy League to the power five I like that he showed some love to the Ivy League too though and said hey look it's not like it's just a bunch of scrubs sort of the same thing we've been saying about HBCU to power five like don't put down HBCU just talk about how great power five is and I feel felt like he you know made a great point there but that's a that's a smart kid who I think is going to be a beast and his versatility is so needed in this defense. When Charles Kelly met with us for the first time, I asked him, what is this defense going to look like? 
And I kind of expected the answer we got. Everybody was so obsessed with base defense. What is your base defense? Are you 3-4, three, 4-3? Four, four, three? Right. In college football nowadays, multiple is what you have to be. You don't have a choice. And so to have somebody like Cokes that can play all the different techniques on the defensive line, not have to get subbed out, that, that's another aspect that he brings that, that's pretty valuable there. Uh, he named a few players that have stood out to him in practices so far. He named Cameron Silman Craig. He named Leonard Payne, right? Yep. Uh, Jimmy Horn. Jimmy Horn. Did he mention Van Wells, too? I can't remember. I, I felt like he named four, and I can't remember who the fourth one was. Do you remember, Adam? Did you already say Travis Hunter? Oh, I think no. you mentioned him as well. well. There you go, yeah. Travis Hunter. <clears throat> That's an easy one. Yep. Uh, then I asked him which NFL players he kind of watches Moltz's game after. He mentioned Aaron Donald. Big comparison. Smart. Uh, but he also threw in Khalil Mack, and then he threw in Cameron Jordan, which I thought was interesting, too, because he's another like bigger edge who you know, you can maybe do stuff moving him around. And well, isn't that perfect for his versatility? Exactly. He names a big interior guy, a, a big edge guy, yep. and then a, like, kind of a speedier edge guy. Yeah, good point. Um, all right. Before we move on to the next segment, guys, shout out to our friends over at Jive Hive. Jive Hive is a virtual dispensary on wheels that will deliver to you wherever you may be. They have no brick and mortar stores, which means low overhead and lower costs for you, the customer. Right now, you can visit jivehive.com, that's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com, and schedule your order to be delivered today or a delivery window. They'll be there to say hi. They can deliver to you wherever you may be. Uh, you don't have a chance to go to the dispo that day. They will deliver to you whether you're at work, at home, wherever. Uh, head on over to jivehive.com and enter your address to find out if Jivehive can deliver to your door. Now serving in Aurora, Greenwood Village, Monument, Fountain, and various areas of El Paso County. That's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com. And shout out to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And right now, new customers, when you sign up, use code DMVR. Bet $5, and you can get $200 in bonus bets instantly. I think I saw the initial line for the women's game. It was like four and a half. Only oh, wow. for Iowa, yeah. Finally, they get some respect. Yeah. Are we, uh, we going on the, the uh, dog buffs again? So if we're going to talk a little bit about this, I just have to mention J.R. Payne yes, today. Yes, go for it. Impressed me so much. Every time I hear her speak, it impresses me. Uh, I love how much she loves her team. And I, I just, you know, anyone who has that much passion for Colorado is going to get me fired up. Um, but I noticed something. Everyone was tossing Caitlin Clark questions at her. Caitlin Clark, Caitlin Clark. She did not, she refused to put Caitlin Clark on a pedestal. And I think it, it's a, uh, a mental thing that she's doing for her team. Because I'm sure her team sees Caitlin Clark highlights all the time. I oh, mean, yeah. I said it yesterday. She's college basketball Steph Curry right now. Uh, but I think I, I, I don't think J.R. Paint wants her team to look at her that way. And that I kind of like that. Uh, obviously, they're going to respect her. Obviously, they're going to have a plan for her. But we're not going to put her on some, you know, superstar pedestal. And we're just this little scrappy team who's trying to stop her. Kind of makes me uh, kind of makes me feel good about the Buffs on Friday. Me too. Uh, you guys can come here, hang out with us on Friday to watch the game. We're doing a watch party. Uh, the game starts at 5:30. You can show up. We open at four. Uh, come hang out. Anyways, with game sound, by the way. Yes, with game sound on. Anyway, shout out to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code DMVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Void in Ohio. All right. Uh, Adam, we had a commitment yesterday. 
Mr. Danny O'Neill, what can you tell us about him? Have you been able to speak to him, what kind of player he may be? We watched this film a bit. Brian and I think came away, or both of us came away pretty impressed. Yep. What do you think? Well, first off, if you're a Colorado fan, take a big, deep sigh of relief because you need to get that quarterback on board early. It's such an important piece. The quarterbacks come off the board early, and if you don't get one of your top choices, then you're kind of going plan B, plan C. And obviously, with, with Coach Prime being in Boulder and so much excitement over recruiting, being able to get one of their top targets was such a big deal for them. They had targeted Danny O'Neill pretty much immediately upon Sean Lewis's arrival in Boulder, and that was one of the main guys that they wanted. And actually, of the three guys they made a strong effort to land, he was the guy that I liked the most. Has the ability to, to make all the throws, can move in the pocket, yep. really accurate. Boys quarterback has won a state championship in high school there in Indianapolis and uh, is a, a pretty well-rounded guy. One thing that I, I do like about Sean Lewis is that he's willing to give up a little bit of height if he likes all the other intangibles in terms of accuracy, mobility. And so not that Danny O'Neill's on, on the super short end, but he's not the biggest quarterback. And so uh, I would take those qualities over not to throw Maddox Cup under the bus, but sure. just, you know, I just did that. <laughs> uh, good luck out there, Maddox. Uh, hope you do well. Uh, I like yes. that mobility more than I, I like a statue back yeah. there. Well, and, and you know, uh, a quick arm, uh, you know, accuracy, like all of that stuff. The 6'5 quarterback, 6'4 quarterback is such an outdated thing now. And, and in college football especially, you don't need to be that big. Yeah, uh, that's what stood out to me, though, was his pocket movement. I thought it was very natural, very confident. I mean, he was able to maneuver. We saw the quarterbacks today at practice kind of doing that bag drill with Sean Lewis. I think Danny O'Neill fits right into that. I mean, he'll, he'll kill that drill right away. Uh, I just saw in the comments, is Travis still injured? Travis is not injured. He was practicing today. We just haven't been able to speak with him. Um, so there you go. He's elusive in all ways. He is. <laughs> let's play some games? Yes, let's play a game. All right. Alyssa, are we ready? Alrighty, we're going to be playing fill in the blank again today, guys. Another fun one. Uh, Adam, you're going to be at the center of attention this time. Okay. Though. Whenever you're ready, Alyssa, throw up the first one, and we will get it rolling. Oh, that's the last oh, one. Oh, we're going backwards Reverse then. order. you got to ease into this thing. My goodness. <laughs> we're jumping right in. We're going right in with the heater, huh? Yeah, we'll go the other way around. Yeah, we'll go. All right, we'll just do this. Um, okay, conference realignment. The Pac-12 media deal has been a huge topic, Adam. My question, Colorado will play in the blank conference in 2024. At this point, I'm still going to say the Pac-12. It's a, a close one and one to pause about at this point, which I would not have paused yeah. a couple months ago. But I really do think at the core of this, they, Colorado wants to make it work with the Pac-12. And as long as the dollars make any type of sense, That'll stay the case, but gosh, it went from them leaving the Pac-12 to being a very, very low percentage to now being a realistic possibility. Do you have any sort of insight on what you think the value or the way that these networks are valuing Coach Prime's presence in the Pac-12? That's hard to say. If I'm a TV person and I'm thinking I'm valuing, putting a value on the Pac-12, I'm going to wonder how long Coach Prime is going to be in Boulder. Okay. That's and fair. so 
I would have a hard time that moving the needle in a sizable way. Right. But it's certainly you know, something that the Pac-12 has in its pocket right now, and they're going to try to utilize it. But and this is all speculation. I, I don't know what the big wigs are saying when it comes to that. But I don't think you can make this decision given how long this TV contract is going to be based on head coach. Yeah. If they'll give me the opportunity, I would love to show ESPN the ratings of this show pre and post yes. Coach Prime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a huge one. If you could pick which conference you think is better for the long term for CU, is it Big 12 or Pac-12? That's a hard question to answer. I, I think Rick George, whether this is realistic or not, wants to do everything he can to position Colorado to be in the discussion for when things he get headed to two mega conferences in the Big Ten is, is the goal. Mm -hmm. Now, how realistic is that? I don't know, but from what I was told based on initial conversations right after all this stuff broke with uh, Texas leaving the Big 12 was that Rick George wants Colorado to make themselves as attractive as possible. So when that happens, they're in the discussion there. Um, between the Pac-12 and Big 12, I think you're splitting hairs. Yeah. I think you can make a pros and cons list for both. Now, I happened to cover Colorado back when they were the, in the right. Big 12. Yeah. And you were obviously going to those games at Folsom Field. Oh, yeah. There was a different level of passion back then. For sure. And, and that's why just from, not, not that I can be a sports fan when I'm covering the team, but just at the heart, at the core, we wouldn't be in sports journalism if we didn't love sports. And so that part of it always kind of makes me lean a little bit in that direction just because it matters to those people in that conference. And it's been great to go to Seattle in the Bay Area for these road trips to cover the buffs, but you just don't see that passion when you go out to those areas. And so that, that's the part of it that w would lean towards the Big 12. It's true. I mean, like Iowa State has like exponentially better fans than UCLA. Yeah. Yep. And it's kind of crazy to say, but it's true. And the, and even coming into Boulder, like you just I just remember like like a big purple section for Kansas State, and Iowa State has their section. Like a lot of times, you know, and not that you want that in your stadium, but it just like you remember these things, and you have memories of like there being a Texas A&M fan in your section, and you know they're an idiot, and it's just like that. There's nothing like that now. Like maybe once in a while you'll have some annoying. Oregon fans around and you know they, they have a weird they think they're superior in certain ways <laughs> um, but it's 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 I don't know I agree with you the Big 12 that's football country yeah. whereas you know the Pac-12 a lot of these cities could give it or take it all right uh, before we get to the next one guys hit that thumbs up button only at 157 today let's get up to 300 for our guy Adam please amen and uh, get your questions in right now, too. We'll answer those after this segment. Whenever you're ready, Alyssa, the next question. What do we got next, Alyssa? That's the same one. There we go. Blank will be the most impactful freshman for CU in 2023. I'm going to try not to go chalk here because I think, I think the chalk answer here is Dylan Edwards. Omarion Miller wow. is a guy that when I turned on his tape, it's like, is that LaVisca Chenault? Wow. You know? Let's go. And, and that's maybe not fair of a comparison, but 
just a big target out there. And we've seen Travis Hunter and Jimmy Horn making plays out there. Xavier Weaver's coming in. But I think they're going to need, in Montana Lamonius, Craig will have a role, but I think they're going to need one more wide out to have a big role on this team. It's probably Dylan Edwards, but to not go chalk, I'm going to say Omarion Miller. Cormani McLean in the conversation? He's in the conversation, absolutely. That's e even more chalk. Um, I think they got some pretty good corners mm -hmm. on the roster right now. I don't right. think it's a foregone conclusion that he's starting day one, although uh, maybe that's his expectation uh, and the expectation of a lot of fans out there. You're a fan of Mary Miller, but what are your thoughts on Adam Hopkins also? He's a good player. I actually liked his clips as a defensive back more than really? on offense. Wow. But, uh, you know, so he's a guy that could factor in on either side of the ball. I like him as well. His quarterback play wasn't as good in high school, so it made okay. it tough on him uh, to, to really stand out. He as didn't much. have nearly as good as stats as O'Marion, right? right? It, yeah. Yep. Makes sense. Next question, Alyssa. Other than Coach Prime, Blink is Colorado's best recruiter. It's going to be close going forward, I feel like, but I think Nick Williams can be the guy for this staff. He's got a lot of passion for this job, and being a younger guy, he can connect with these guys. And one of the reasons I liked Brian Michalowski as an outside backers coach so much is the, the time and care he put into recruiting each individual recruit. I think Nick Williams does the same thing in terms of the chalk talk with guys and really taking a tailored approach with recruiting, which is impressive. It's not just, well, Coach Prime's my head coach. I'm here in Colorado. Here's my sales pitch. No, it's where are you from, getting to know them, and then let's tailor a plan recruiting-wise to you. And so I like that he does that. You know, the recruits I've talked to that have developed a relationship with Nick Williams have, have a strong bond with him. Um, but he's also got that, that youthful side of yeah. it to him as well, uh, and just the cool factor that's going to really work well, I feel like, as a recruiter going forward. Uh, and gosh, you know, you got to go back to Jimmy Gilbert since the last time, so you had a great edge guy. So to have maybe your best recruiter in that role, recruiting those guys, it's going to be huge going forward. He has this magnetism about him. Like, when you're around him or when he's talking, you just want to hear everything he has to say. And uh, you know, I was kind of like pounding the table for them to, to go after Chidera Uzo Daribe. He kind of gives me similar, uh, similar vibes uh, as, as Chidera did. So uh, he's a beast. And I, I put it out yesterday, I think he's going to be a Power 5 head coach one day. Yep. Okay. We're big Nick Williams fans here. Whenever you're ready, Alyssa, the next question. That is, Colorado's 2024 recruiting class will finish within the top blank of rankings. I'm going to go 15. We've seen Coach Prime say, we're going to take some of those two-star guys, too. Yeah. They're not going to just star chase, which, as a fan, you just want to see those stars by the names. But I think if you're a real fan, Especially your football fans. junkie. <laughs> if, if you're a real football junkie, you, you love those guys, uh, the Rodney Stewarts that just have yes. that incredible tape that, for whatever reason, went overlooked. For Rodney Stewart, it was a knee injury. To find a few of those guys might keep them out of that. And then, you know, Coach Prime also is not shy about the fact that they're not wanting to throw away, throw around a bunch of NIL money because they don't have it. So that's another thing that's going to probably keep it from being a little bit higher than that. But 
gosh, top 15. If you can't enjoy that as a Colorado fan, then I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, we have huge expectations for this class. A lot of 10s. I do think 20. I said top five, I think, when we first talked about this a few months ago. I think they might land enough top, top, top talent that, you know, taking in some of those younger guys doesn't hurt them too much. But I'm obviously shooting for the stars. Well, the names that are popping up that are coming out for the, the spring game makes that possible. Uh, it, it is going to be hard at the end of the day in terms of the NIL to to land top five, but I could see top ten. Yeah, for sure. And, and the NIL stuff is interesting. And, you know, like you said, Colorado, despite what for some reason every other fan base thinks, is not just flush with cash to just throw around however much they want. Um, but I think that Coach Prime's philosophy on it is the right one, uh, where you don't end up with guys coming in who, uh, you know, are busts, but they have they have a million-dollar you know, deal that everyone's looking at them like, why the hell does this guy getting all the money and things like that? Like, when you start getting these imbalances of kids being, you know, rich and like that sort of thing, I think it can cause some serious challenges. Obviously, Texas A&M is the perfect example of where things can kind of go wrong in that regard. So you're probably right that you won't be able to just rake in five stars without, you know, writing checks. Uh, but I think in the end, it might be for the best for Colorado. It is kind of nice that NIL is not the surefire answer in this, right? Because that's what I think some of us feared was that had Texas A&M gone out there this year and won the national championship. Yeah. In that, I mean, let's be honest. Georgia is doing a lot of the same stuff. But yes. it's not in, in TCU being in the championship game is another reason to be a little bit optimistic. It, it's going to be really hard for some of these programs to compete year in and year out. But if you get the right group together, like TCU did this year, you can kind of overcome some of that. Um, it's going to be tough, but uh, it, it, especially with Coach Prime and what we've seen with the numbers on your podcast, our website, yeah. uh, Well Off Media, and, and all of that, like you can just see that that's that interest is going to trump some of that that importance for the NIL money as long as Coach Prime's here in Boulder. Next question: We're sticking with the recruiting. Uh, CU will have. Blank five-star players commit for the 2024 class. Got a ton of visitors coming in this spring that are five stars. How many actually commit? There's not a lot of five stars in the country every year. I, I think we usually land around, was it about 35 five stars uh, nationally? I saw a graphic, it was like 30-something, I think. 30-something. Yeah. So I'm going to say they end up with four five-stars. Wow. Three or four. That would put them, at, in terms of landing five stars, probably in the top five. Because it's usually like Alabama it is pretty 18, heavily weighted. like, you know, uh, right. Georgia 10, and then, like, you know, a few other schools that get more than one. Yeah. But get, I, final answer, three. Three. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't mean to talk you no, down. No, no, no. <laughs> but, yeah. No, there, there just aren't a whole lot of those guys out there. But, again, the spring game visitor list has got a lot of stars by it. And so uh, we'll see. What do you think of this, man, this spring game? Like, have you been able to wrap your head around this? Dude, I've been trying to tell Jake, like, the spring games I went to are like a picnic at the park where there just happens to be a football team practicing there. Like, the ones that we've been going to for the last 10 years are 
I mean, I, I don't even like. I, I don't even know how to explain it other than that. It's a picnic at the park where there happens to be a football practice. Like, and there's not a whole lot of action. You know, yeah. they have not had enough bodies to have a true spring game in a very, very long time. I think you probably have to go back to the McIntyre era, right? Yep. That they've actually had. Okay, let's split up the squad. Do a and so. What happens is the guys that stand out are the ones, you know, uh, Daniel Arias that's going against a walk-on quarterback and he's torching them. So even the entertainment value that has been there in past years has been kind of fake in that sense. And I don't even know what to expect this year, but I think as long as there's not crazy injuries at, at a couple spots, receivers probably one of them, and they do have some walk-ons there, I, I think they'll actually be able to get a, a true spring game going this year. I think... If I walk into a full, a, a full Folsom Field in April, I might shed a tear. <laughs> What's a press box going to look like <laughs> I don't for the spring know. game? I don't there was know. like 10 of us, no AC last year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's going to be game-changing. I cannot wait. Uh, because we talked to Shane Cooks today, next question, Alyssa. Uh, we have this question. Blank will lead the buffs in sacks this year. you got a few grad transfers on that D-line. Who do you like? I'm going to go chalk on this one, Jordan Dominic. Yep. I mean, the, the guy proved it in the ACC and then the SEC. Yep. I'd be stupid not to pick him there. Yep. That's your guy. I, I, yeah, he's also on my guys list. I feel like he might be the most underrated addition. Like, we talk about Shador and Travis, of course, over and over and over again. Dylan Edwards, Jimmy Horn, the speed. Everyone loves speed. But Jordan Dominic is a double-digit SEC sack guy. I feel like we should be talking about him every day. The quarterback's not live in practice, which makes it hard for him, right? Yes. To, yeah. to stand out in that regard. He did get in the backfield a few times today, though. He popped. Uh, how'd Taylor you know? Up huh? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, said, how'd you know? <laughs> we had to walk around to the end zone so I could try and, like, barely read the top. Yeah, read the half of some guy's last name or something. <laughs> Someone was like, I think that was Montana who made that play. I was like, I feel like I don't see, like, 27 letters on his tape across <laughs> his forehead. <laughs> All right, last question, the big one. The question that we've been talking about for a few months at this point. Travis Hunter, will he play more snaps? Well, I did this wrong. Travis Hunter will play more snaps at blank. I'm going to have to go cornerback there because he'll have a huge impact at receiver, but he's going to be used a little bit more situationally there. As Coach Prime said, he can fall out of bed and cover. Yep. Uh, so the fact that he's focusing on receiver this spring is just to elevate him more as an offensive weapon. Uh, I think they know what he can do as a cornerback. And it, it's unfortunate that last year at Jackson State, I mean, he really was not healthy yeah. at all. Anybody that's watched that documentary saw his ankle and yeah. the type of rehab that he went through. Uh, he's going to be fine on defense without a ton of practice there. He'll, he'll get it in during preseason camp and end up with more snaps played at corner. Interesting. Ryan and I are on the right, uh, wide receiver train. Okay. I think this might end up being a Cormani McLean question. Really? If he comes in and oh, he's as advertised and ready to go, it might free up Travis to play more offense. We'll find That's out. just a theory of mine. Um, Let's just go back a year ago real quick. What do you remember about Travis Hunter's recruitment and just like the buzz around him when he was yet to commit really to Jackson State? That's when I think the college football world, not to say they weren't taking Deion Sanders in a coaching role seriously, but when he did that, it opened a lot of eyes nationally. And I think that kind of built this up tra 
trajectory with him as a recruiter and just his status in the game of college football. And uh, that's what I remember the most was folks thinking that there was a chance he would flip, but at the end of the day, there's no way he would go to an HBCU, and yet it happened. And so that from that point forward, I don't think any analyst or anybody thought that Deion Sanders couldn't land a recruit if he went hard after him. Yeah. Did you ever imagine you'd be covering the number one overall recruit in Boulder? No. Ryan was saying, has this sunk in? None of this has sunk in. <laughs> this is, I still feel like uh, we're living in a different universe, and I'm going to wake up at some point, and uh, somebody else is going to be the head coach in Boulder. Because it, it is just unlike anything we've ever seen. Just today, there was probably six times as much media as we had at a normal scrum last year, which is great. I, I had somebody say, you got to hate this, right? Because this used to be like you and Brian and Jake Speed, and it's like, I've done the other thing. Right. I've done where it's just Brian and I in a post-game <laughs> press conference on the road, and uh, the team is struggling. It's just really brutal. I, I would much rather have to compete a little bit to ask a question and have this excitement around the, the fan base. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I've always tried to explain to people like the difference between covering a winning in a losing team and the way i explain it is like imagine if you went to work every day and the company that you worked for was failing and everyone worked so hard to make it not fail and then it failed over and over and over again like people would just be in a bad mood and that's not a fun place to be that's what it's like covering a bad football team like it's not as if they're not working hard enough it's like they're not good enough and no one's happy like Maybe, on, you know, when you're in that sweet spot between the last loss and the next game, the vibes are okay. But, like, you know, to your point, you, you'll share the, the microphone a little bit just to have yeah. an exciting place to go where people are happy and having a good time. And, you know, hopefully, obviously, the impact on your site and all those things, like, it, it's, it's, a, it's a good trade. Well, in our role, you're walking a tightrope. You have the coaches. You have sources players on one side and you've got the fans on the other side and you're trying to do the best job you can to keep relationships on both sides so that you can get the information from one side and you know, appropriately send it to the other side when there's a losing season both sides like one side doesn't want to talk to you yep. and the other side thinks you don't have a spine because you're not attacking the other side yeah. and there's really no way to win it, it, it is such a weird job in the sense that like we cannot cheer for the team in the press box, but yet what's happening now on the field is going to affect us in our livelihood and just our general happiness day to day because of the people we're dealing with so much that you learn to compartmentalize, but it's tough sometimes. That's why I stopped going in the press box. <laughs> I'd rather just cheer. <laughs> Do you remember that last week, Utah week? It was like me, you, Brian, Nikki, and we were talking like Robert Barnes. And they're like, well, we'll see what happens from here on out, like as low as we could possibly get. And then today we had, I don't know, 17 people there, six cameras for Sean Lewis and Shane Coates. It's insane, man. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty and it crazy. was cool to see everyone go over to J.R. Payne's too. Like, yep. I think there were six or seven cameras in there, yep. which was awesome. All right. Uh, if you haven't got your questions in yet, you only have a few more minutes to do so. Uh, shout out to our friends at Bacchus and Shanker who have been helping Colorado families win for over 25 years. Uh, no upfront fee to speak to them, no fee while they work on your case, and no fees unless they win your case and win money for you. 
Bacchus and Shanker have won over $1 billion for their clients and have neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. They can help you wherever you may be in the Denver metro area. They help with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks, and can even help if you're injured at work. Hit that Shador line, 222-2222. Find out if you have a case today for free. Bacchus and Shanker wins. Question time? Let's do it. All right. Take some questions from the listeners. Who is up first today? Elfridi. Jake and Ryan, is there a Pac-12 coaches meeting? If so, will Coach Prime be received? Uh, now being the most talked about team, some of the HBCU coaches had problems. I do not know if there's a coaches meeting today. Coach was at practice today. I think he just means, is there one oh. ever? Is there? I don't think there is like a Pac-12 coaches conference. There was a co uh, meeting with the brass of the Pac-12, like the presidents. Oh, okay. Yeah. Today? Yeah, it's standard. No news out right. of it right now. We're going to meet again in April. Do you think uh, Chip Kelly is going to be saying, Coach Prime ain't pack? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I hope so. That would be incredible content. Well, it would, it would only feel Coach Prime. Exactly, I'll tell you yeah. that. I want to hear how Coach Prime claps back at that one. Yeah, especially to Chip Kelly. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, where is the CU watch party on Friday, Adrian asks. Uh, right there. Right here, DMVR bar. Colfax in York, come hang out. Next question from Eric. Adam, what's your favorite moment at Folsom Field? Ooh, great question. <laughs> Got to be the Utah win in 2016. That was pretty incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you can't beat that. Even famous favorite memory actually would be earlier in that season, uh, the Akella Witherspoon interception just – Again, you got to stay unbiased in this, but like chills just went up my spine when that happened. It was like, wow. Yes. This this is going to be a special season. That that, that is probably the overall moment at Folsom, though. That that season uh, with, with the win over Utah. Uh, this is actually a good opportunity to just talk about this place because I was at Blake Street Tavern for that game, and uh, Tyler Murray, one of our friends, yeah. jumped out of his seat when that happened and flipped a table onto me in like the corner of the table right here like dug into my leg still have a scar from it totally <laughs> worth it um i'll take the dub but uh you and i i mean you and i have spent a lot of time at blake street tavern yeah um it's super sad the news that, that it's that it's closing down but a lot of my like favorite cu away memories were spent at, at blake street tavern so uh, we're uh, we're thinking of chris and and it's just a bummer for the, the, honestly, the sports community in Denver to lose a great sports bar like that. There's no business owner in the city that has more pride for CU. Uh, you're up there Except as well. Me. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Chris Fusilier has been so great to us over the years, and it, it is such a passion for him. And um, he's out there courtside at a lot, most of the hoops games. And so, uh, yeah, no, wish Chris the, the best. And, and it is sad to see the Blake Street Tavern closing their doors. I was telling someone the other day about the time you and I went there at 10 a.m. for the early tip-off CU versus Pitt in March Madness. Uh, maybe the, my least favorite CU basketball game of all time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rip Blake Street Tavern, man. Tragedy. Uh, question from any. How does it feel to cover this Buffs team versus the last previous years, Adam? I mean, it's we haven't really done a season yet, but just the last few months. It's all changed a little bit. You know, it's just a different vibe around there. Again, all the different media that's there. And then, you know, I think everybody's kind of feeling out Coach Prime. You know, we're professionals 
we're not shills, but we also are not trying to cross right. the greatest cornerback in NFL history, yes. a Hall of Famer. So you're, I'm just kind of feeling things out a little bit, you yeah. know, whereas in the past you get to know these coaches and um, there's not as much anxiety going into stuff. Right. You know, I feel a little bit more nervous. It kind of reminds me early on in the beat uh, now with yeah. everything. And yeah, Isn't that kind of fun, though, like getting butterflies before you ask a question? Yeah. Yes. Like, it's kind of exhilarating. Yeah. Uh, next question. From Angela again. Adam, what Q quarterback rooms do you see... What QB rooms do you need to be watching in the spring to find Shador solid backup? I guess assuming potential transfer portal targets. Yeah, we've talked a lot about that on Buff Stampede. It, it's, <laughs> it's tough to go into a season with a true freshman as your backup. Yep. I don't think that Drew Carter's the answer there. But it's also going to be really challenging to get a, a quarterback transfer that's worth a whole lot, mm -hmm. given that Shadur Sanders is clearly the QB1. So I think you see how Ryan Staub does this spring, because uh, you've got Kaysen Weissman coming in as well. And if you feel confident that by the time the season kicks off that Ryan Staub will be a quality backup, then I don't think you need to go that route. Um, but yeah, I, I think Coach Prime maybe can leverage some of his previous relationships and just try to uncover a rock and find somebody that's willing to come in. Uh, if you're listing the concerns with this football team, what happens to Shadour is probably, if something happens to Shadour is probably number one on the list, right? Yes. At the same time, I am so happy that we get to worry about who the backup quarterback yeah, is. Yeah. Because it means we're not worrying about who the starting quarterback is. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, uh, I'll knock on wood all day long. I, I, they need Shador to stay healthy. You know, like, um, I think, oh gosh, I wish I could remember who said this. One of Peyton Manning's coaches along the way, uh, he was asked by a guy off the record, and he said, well, what's the plan if Peyton gets hurt? And he said, if Peyton gets hurt, we're fucked. Yeah. That's the plan. And, like, that's kind of where we're at here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, JP Andrade, his backup at JSU is still in the portal. He was a guy who was at Ohio State for a while. I yep. don't know if he needs to graduate from JSU to actually transfer or what, but there's a name. I will say, Ryan Staub looks like a good fit for this offense. Yes. It's way too early to know can he be the backup in 2023, but I like just the, the tools that he has yeah. for the Sean Lewis offense. And, and that's not, uh, it's not a knock on Staub, what I said. It's just He's a true freshman, yeah. Right. Uh, and you never want to have to turn that way. And you, uh, you would, uh, in my opinion, you would have liked to add, you know, uh, a Colin Schley from Kent State to come with Sean Lewis to come be his backup. Like that would have made perfect sense to me. Um, obviously, he goes to UCLA. A lot of people think he has a chance to start there. I know they have a five-star true freshman coming in as well. Um, but it's Shador is the plan. And, you know, they, they're, they're, you just hope you never have to look at what plan B is. Again, again, it's good that he has the intelligence that he does, that he seems to know when he gets out of bounds. And I, I noticed on the documentary a couple times that, that Coach Prime was in his ear when he didn't. So uh, he is going to run a little bit, which makes you scared. But I, I think he's a smart enough quarterback to, to avoid those big hits. So we'll see. The chat doesn't like J.P. Andrade, I've learned. Okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, next question. Well, someone asked us if we wanted JT Shroud. 
that was an easy not even an open not even opening that can of worms <laughs> uh jay's asking jake and rk which quarter cornerback stood out today do you have a cornerback nico reed man he uh he was sticky like you know there was not a lot of open windows out there uh i thought all of the corners yeah, they had a good showed, day. showed yeah. well for themselves like you got jimmy horn and travis hunter out there and obviously i thought the pass rush did them favors too getting you know getting some pressure on shador but dude they were they were fighting out there like i don't think any of these defensive backs uh are scared of a challenge of going up against travis hunter or jimmy horn mm-hmm. Uh, the safeties look good. We already talked about Cameron Sillman Craig, but Trevor Woods is back there doing his thing, too. So. And that's what uh, Shadour said when we talked to him. He's like, dude, those defensive backs compete. Yep. And that's what you saw today. Next question. Uh, for MC, how will Zico and the tight ends feature in this offense? Did we see much of Zico today? We just saw, like, kind of seven-on-seven, one-on-one stuff, though. Yeah. What do you think, Adam? He's going to be... Kind of a big receiver out there yeah. is what he's going to be. You know, I don't think they're going to ask him to be in line a whole bunch. He caught 50 passes last year. They're going to play to his strengths. And that was one thing I, I noticed when I was watching some of the Kent State offense. It, it didn't seem like tight end was a huge part of it. But I think he's got such a unique skill set that they're going to tailor some things to, to really sh- shine a light on what he can do. And, you know, in a world where Shane Hooks doesn't come and transfer here, you don't end up getting that big wide receiver. What I was talking about with lining up two guys out wide, you can just use yep. Zico out there and he'll, you know, he'll block for you. For sure. Uh, Elijah Yelverton in the mix, too. Yep. They got a nice tight end room. Pot of coffee. Question for the fellas. Who do you think the biggest transfer will be after the string portal opens? Thank you. Transfer out or in? Trans- oh, I assume transfer in. But that's a, that's a tough one to answer. Got, we don't have know our options at this point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's going to take someone, you know, at Georgia finding out that they're not the starter right. and hitting the portal. And in terms of guys transferring out, you can just look at the roster. And if you know Colorado football, you can start to count a few guys off <laughs> without naming them yes. on a podcast. Yes. yes. Well done. <laughs> Next Constant question. pro. From my guy, our guy, I Swear TV. How do y'all think they're going to do the spring game? Draft a team or offense versus defense slash rotating? How did, how did it work last year? Well, that doesn't matter. They have not done sure. a split the team up, I think, back to, to McIntyre. And this was a, maybe the best uh, headline we ever had on Buff Stampede before DNVR was around. <laughs> Dejon Wilson had a sack off the edge to win the spring game. And the winning team was going to get steaks, and the losing team was going to get hot dogs. Uh-huh. And your line was? I don't remember. No Dijon for Dijon. Uh. <laughs> because he it's wanted to get steaks, so no hot dogs for him. That was, that was a great line. It's not bad, line. he says. <laughs> not his own headline. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't like uh, you know, any of my headlines after CUB Oregon State? What were those? Like Buffs Pound Beavers. That's too easy. <laughs> too easy, Ryan. Fair. Low no, hanging fruit. No Dijon for Dijon. Is good. Shout that. out Roman. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, that one's also for Connor. We have a, a resident Oregon State go. fan who hangs out on the show every day. He's here. He's in the, I've seen him in the chat today. Uh, Indy with another question. How does it feel being able to watch practice and see all the talent? That was amazing today. It was so fun. So cool. I mean... And I think you mentioned it, right? We weren't, like, hounded up in, like, a little area. We were kind of able to walk around the track and, like, 
get a different view. We were able to walk behind the offense when they were like doing 11 on 11. It was really cool. Yeah, uh, I, I, tur I said to both of these guys, I said, I feel like I'm an addict who is getting a hit. Like football, I, we got to watch a football practice in March. I've been off the, you know, the day-to-day -day buff beat for so long that I haven't been able to do that. Like you don't get spring Broncos practices in March. Uh, so that was, that was good stuff today. I loved it. That's the crazy thing is that being in this job, people think that we just watch football all the time. Well, when they're close practices, the thing that you love, you don't get to see a whole lot of. So and even game days, you're getting to the press box early to avoid the crowd, and then you're staying late after. You don't get to watch a lot of college football on Saturdays. And so just any opportunity, like you said, it feels like you're getting your fix. And <laughs> gosh, even though you, you have to kind of temper the amount of evaluations you're going to make off one practice, it, it really does help you do your job a, a whole lot better. That's the biggest thing, for sure. And, you know, like, uh, there were so many people there today that it made me nervous, just, like, hoping everyone follows the rules. And, like, there weren't even, like, specific written-out rules. There's just unwritten rules to when you go to a football practice. And I was just like, please, no one screw this up for us. Yeah, like, no. I want to I come back here. I'm sure we'll be back pretty soon. Next question. From... Ray Ray from the Philippines. Can you say hello to my loving wife, Leticia? Hello, Leticia. Uh, did you see CCU having a top 10 defense this season? Top 10 is pretty lofty, but the defense definitely, uh, I think, was the better side of the ball today. Yeah, I don't, I, I mean, top 10, that's, that would be insane. I mean, this was the, one of the worst defenses in the country last year. Right. They were the worst, 131st. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they're going to be, they're going to be good. They're going to be good. They have a lot of talent out there. Yeah. Set your expectations to be middle of the Pac-12. Yeah. And I think life is so much about the expectations you set forth, you know. So I think if you're thinking that way, that you might be disappointed. So I would definitely say more like top 60 in the country. Yeah. I mean, I just to me, if Demoy Kennedy is healthy and can be that guy in the middle, you have Travis on one side if that ends up being it. You have Cormani or Nico Reed on the other side. And then you have that middle linebacker that can just make plays for you in the middle of the field. Like That makes defense really easy. You can clamp a team for a whole game just like press man, get some pressure, and have a linebacker who's eating up the middle of the field. Yep. Um, we got a super chat from Eddie. Uh, compare, contrast, <laughs> a Coach Durrell practice to a Coach Prime practice. Well, we didn't get to see many. I didn't get to see many Coach Durrell practices. What do you think, Adam? The tempo. Yeah. Definitely a faster tempo. I'm not here to beat that dead horse yeah. at this yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate how things worked out. I do wonder how much more competitive Colorado football could have been had Carl Durrell been able to recruit anybody from the transfer portal yeah. the way that they – not every anybody, but – a bigger portion of guys the way that Deion Sanders would it look anything like what we saw today no but he would have given himself a fighting chance so I think given that restriction that was on Carl Durrell it's best to just say hey we went through that COVID year had a few nice moments it wasn't so great after that and, and just kind of move on yeah. I will say there is certainly something to be said as the Nuggets game has started in here so we might get some cheers in the background there's certainly something to be said for what you were saying about how you don't want to cross coach prime. Every player is thinking about that every second while they're on the field. They don't want to be the one 
who gets made an example of for jogging off the field or not giving full effort on a play. And I just don't, it's not just a, a Carl Durrell thing. I don't think a lot of coaches have that level of respect where every player is like, I'm not going to be the one to screw up today. I think we only have a few more questions. Uh, James, the question, realistic goals for this team this year. Uh, they're going to be better. <laughs> that's, that's a realistic goal, I think. I think a bowl game is certainly a realistic yeah. goal. Five or six wins. Yeah. Before we finish, Adam, have you ever told the story of me at your bachelor party on a podcast? I don't think so. Do you want to? <laughs> Sure, let's, <laughs> let's venture down memory lane here, Ryan. Well, I'll start it. Right after Adam had hired me, uh, he was getting married. And so it was way too late to invite me to the wedding. But Adam invited me to the bachelor party. I was 21? You were young. Yeah, I was <laughs> 21. And, you know, Adam brought all of his boys, and I was very much the youngest of the group. And we went up to Blackhawk. Uh, we, we, you know, we gambled a little bit. We had some fun, played some craps. Uh, Adam's a beast on the craps table. And then we came back to Denver and, you know, we, we went out to some of the bars. If you want to take it from here? I don't know where you're headed with this. Oh, okay. I do remember we went and we got steaks and we were almost comatose after that point because we had been partying pretty good. And then we get okay, this great meal in there. And uh, Dane, who's in here, he had a good time at the bachelor party. Uh, I'm surprised you don't know where I'm going with this. Because I know Tyler knows where I'm going with this. Or if Will is listening, he knows where I'm going with this. So we go out to this bar. I think we're at, is it the, ta was it the tavern downtown? Yeah, we're, out, we're outside. Yeah, so it's like a rooftop bar. And... All these guys who are like married or whatever. Are oh no! Okay, now I remember. Now <laughs> I, I remember. You were oh yes, 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 yes. Oh, how could I forget? <laughs> so, what, what kind of dance were you doing there? Well, so all these guys are like, dude, go ask that girl to dance. Like she's super cute. You gotta go ask her to dance. Like you're single. Come on, we're all living vicariously through you. I'm like, damn. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> go over and ask this girl to dance in like. It was so awkward because there's no, like, dance floor going on. And you dropped her on her head is what happened. <laughs> really, really buried the lead. So here's what happened. So I'm, like, trying to dance with this girl. And she, she like, goes for, like, a dip. But that wasn't the type of dance we were doing. So I, like, barely stopped her from falling. And I, I literally said... Don't do that again. That was almost really bad. Like eight beats later, she goes for it again. I don't even lay a finger on her, and she just smacks the floor. <laughs> and I'm just I, like, I got to give her friends credit because they flocked in dude, like, yes, as maybe like, seals to rescue her from you. Yes, from me. <laughs> They're like, oh my god, what is wrong with you? Like, shove me away. Like, pick her up. Are you okay? I'm just like. You guys are, there's like oh, yeah, 12 no. dudes just laughing their asses off. I walk off the dance floor in shame. Just like, we're leaving. We have to leave right now. We have to get out of here. So there you go. Oh, that's amazing. I'm glad you reminded me of that story. That, that, was, that was a good one. But I remember meeting you for the it's first time. It's fair that you don't remember that bachelor party in perfect color. <laughs> I remember meeting you for the first time 
I didn't know who you were. There's just Ryan there standing outside the practice gates. And we start chatting. And about 10 minutes into this, I'm going, this guy has an encyclopedia knowledge of Colorado football. And I had no idea who you were. And it took a little while before we could work together. But uh, I was impressed from day one. And uh, yeah, no, it's been great knowing you all these years and, and uh, that's probably the best memory though and I, I don't know how I forgot no, it. It's okay, that's okay. Yeah, dude, it was, uh, I was really lucky that, that you and Will kind of brought me along. And, yeah. Um, I, I also, last memory here, I remember, so it's kind of crazy to say this because it's so long ago, but working for you was the last job I had before working okay. here. And so I remember because, you know, Adam had done so much for me, I asked him, hey, can we have breakfast? I, I was going to tell him that I was leaving to start this. And I just, like, couldn't spit it out. Like, we were sitting there, and we were just, like, having, like, you know, having breakfast. Just, and I, like, didn't want to say anything because we were just having a good time. And finally, Adam's like, so, why'd you ask me to come to breakfast? And I was like, ah, fine. I, I guess I'll say it. I was like... Brandon Spano came to me, asked if I want to start this thing. I think I'm going to give it a shot. And, of course, he was super supportive. But I was just like, I didn't want, like, we were just having a good time. It was like old time sake. I was like, damn it, I don't want to tell Adam that I'm leaving right now. No, I knew that moment was coming for sure. Uh, and I, especially at that time, in this town, if you want to take the next step, Broncos is where you kind of need to head. And maybe that's one of the great things about Coach Prime is that it's drawn enough excitement for Colorado football that you're able to spend some time up in Boulder and, and to cover it. And so it's my, that's what I was telling Brian Howell today. I was like, that's my favorite part about this is like the eyes and like the support that we get from the chat and the viewers and listeners we get every day has me uh, back to being like, I, I can, it's not self-serving for me to be like, Hey, I'm going up to Boulder yeah. today. Like I didn't do the Broncos podcast today because I went up to watch practice. Like, if I would have done that last year, it's like, oh, Ryan's being selfish. He just wants to go to, up to Boulder. Now it's like, oh, no, that's like a work move, like, yeah. with, with, you know, business in mind. So it, it's been pretty special. And I get to hang out with you more. Yeah. It's been great, yeah. Uh, Adam, one more question for you. Is Anthony Robinson, Juco Corner, oh coming? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just joke. kidding. That's Don't answer that. Don't answer that. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on, man. Of course. It's been really great. Uh, we cover your stuff a lot on this show, and we mention you and Buff Stampede a lot. So it's really great. To finally have you here and actually talk buffs in person with us. Well, and I'll I'll plug it, uh, you know, one more time. Uh, if you want the latest recruiting news, uh, you know, all of that stuff, visit lists, all of that. Like, you have to go to Buff Stampede. There's no place uh, that does it like Adam. He's he's been plugged in forever, and uh, and he's the best at it. So you know, we love what we do here, but we know we know our strengths and we know you know who yeah. who does what the best and that and you're absolutely the best at it well yeah i mean we're all competitive we want to break stories and we want to have the best product out there but it's it's cool how the cub is so tight-knit the way it is especially with especially as we go forward yes the guys that went through those tough seasons and that camaraderie that we have because there's so much dead time on a, on a beat that you spend. Yes. Just the other day, practice ran late. We ended up just chatting for an hour on the hallway. And yeah. so those are the moments. And uh, even during those tough seasons, it's been the moments with Brian Howell and the other beat members that, that have really made it palatable. Yes. You know, and now that things are exciting and we expect a, a winning product going forward, that's still the best part of the job. Amen. 
Uh, it's been great having you, man. Hopefully we do it again sometime soon. Uh, shout out to everyone in the chat. Thank you guys for coming through. Hit the thumbs up on the way out. Skull buffs? Skull buffs.